We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack of Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Packaday Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Packaday Podcast. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, a victory edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, a shutout edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Um, I am your host, Jacob Morley, joined today, as always, by my co-host, Ross Uglum. Uh, Ross, I think they went over the win in detail yesterday uh, but what you and I always like to do is we like to dive a little bit deeper. Um, I know Ross right now is, you know, as it is Monday evening, about six o'clock, tweeting through the All-22 film. So he's got some takes. Uh, but Ross, before we get into that, how are you, man? Where are you at right now? I'm good, brother. I'm uh, continuing on my journey here. Um, made the executive decision uh, to not test the weather and actually watch the Packers game from Minneapolis as opposed to driving uh, over there. Had all intentions in the world of uh, being at Seahawks Packers, but had a flight to catch to beautiful Las Vegas, which is where I am right now. North Dakota State men's basketball has UNLV tonight and the University of Arizona tomorrow. And as much as I would have loved to provide live coverage from Lambeau Field, um, the idea of driving eight hours on those roads slash missing my flight uh, is just not high on my list. I don't blame you. That weather can get nasty. And as beautiful as it looked in Lambeau Field, getting in and out of Lambeau had to have been a nightmare on the, on those days. Um, much easier to leave that stadium with the dub, though, um, which is what we're going to talk about a little bit here. Um, Ross, but first, I think we have some injury updates to kind of cover. Um, if you've been living under a rock and listening to this uh, Tuesday or yeah, Tuesday morning or whenever you do, you probably know by now uh, the Packers appear to have dodged two out of the three bullets, which is not, you know, and honestly, 
as terrible as it is to say, they're the two that I would have liked to dodge the most. Um, obviously, with with Aaron Jones uh, getting the the MCL sprain, uh, that is a bullet dodged. Especially after the Tracy Wolfson, you know, he's leaving the blue tent in tears. You, you, I think we all heard that, and our hearts broke a little bit because Aaron Jones is such such a dude, such a beloved guy in the in the Green Bay Packers community, and for good reason. Awesome player, awesome guy. When you hear news like that, it's just gut wrenching. Um, but honestly, getting getting him a one to two week rest at this point in the season with the bye week in there isn't really the worst thing in the world, especially in this division that they are going to win. Um, and one more thing before we move on from Aaron Jones, I think I thought it was interesting that last week in Kansas City, it, especially in pregame before he pulled those socks up high, you saw that he had that knee taped up. And it wasn't, you know, it was like the the flexible tape that they like to put on athletes when they're having some issues with stuff. So I thought that was a little bit curious when I saw that um, and thought, uh, you know, he has been dealing with some stuff, but, it, you know, maybe he just tweaked it. And maybe it's something that's actually been bothering him for a little bit. So if he can get this rest and come back 100 um, percent, not the worst thing in the world. And then obviously Rashawn Gary had probably the scariest of the three looking injuries when you hear on the broadcast that they wouldn't even replay it because it was it was gross. It was gruesome. It, people, they didn't want people to see it. You hear stuff like that, and you just automatically assume he's done. But then I think there was some optimism, Ross, when he he went into the locker room, ran himself in with no air cast, and I think you know playing couch doctor. If if something's broke or something's um, detached in that elbow. They're gonna air cast that thing up, and they're not. They're probably not even gonna let you walk, right? They're gonna they're gonna cart you into the locker room. Um, they just don't mess with stuff like that for good reason. So when he went in and didn't have that thing wrapped or whatever, I, I was a little bit optimistic about that. And it turns out uh, it's you know he's getting his MRI MRI tomorrow, and we'll know for certain what's going on with that. But there is a lot of optimism that it was just the hyperextension. And Rashawn came out today himself and said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a brace on it. I'm gonna play. Uh, we'll see. We'll see about that with this Packers medical staff." And then the last update uh, was, you know, obviously Whitney Merciless tore tore the bicep, and he, and he is done. He is done for the year, which is just such a bummer uh, for him and for this Packers team to have that type of depth and to you know, it, it's football is a violent sport and it can be squandered almost immediately. But Ross. You know, with those guys going down, let's talk about let's talk about on offense. How how do you replace how do you replace an Aaron Jones if it's just a one to two weeks? With Kylan Hill, sadly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I like know. I said last night, my heart's just broken because honestly, I'm not sure like they're a better better team or whatever without him. In fact, I know they're not. But what an exciting like two weeks stretch, then you go to the bye where you just hand the keys to Kylan Hill for all the non AJ Dillon stuff. And you just tell him to go nuts. And I think it would have been really, really exciting, honestly. Um, I think there's some stuff you could do with the Mari Rogers. If you put it in the game plan, um, you know, when he actually does get his hand on the ball, by the way, he looked way better in punt return. Um, when he does get his hand on the ball, he's done, you know, some impressive sure-handed things, uh, you know, not, not explosive plays by any means, but has just done 
kind of what's asked of him. And I think, you know, that along with, you know, maybe some Cobb, um, they're getting healthy outside, which is where you get, you know, the, 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 the ability then to use your other interior kind of weapons in the screen game or in the short game or even running the ball if you need to. So that's, uh, you know, that's interesting to me. I would just IR Jones, um, you know, and, and I think, you know, you give him a month, you give him four weeks off and, uh, you know, that's just three games in four weeks, give him a month off. That allows you to sign a third running back that, that isn't just AJ Dillon and Patrick Taylor, but, um, there, there's things that they can do. You know, they can get the ball into Rogers hands. They can put the, get the ball into Cobb's hands. They can even use DeGuara, I think on some stuff. And it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. Well, I think, you know, if, if they want to replace those touches that Aaron Jones is getting, they're going to have to get creative with some of those guys. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they just don't. And they just say, A.J. Dillon, this is what our offense is now. We're going to run the plays that suit you best. And that's how we're going to transform our offense for the next you know, two to three weeks. And I don't think that's a bad plan because you saw A.J. Dillon out there. I mean, he's he's an impressive physical specimen and I think they're going to be able to do some things with him and that's why you draft him right that's why you take him in the second round is if you're going to be a run heavy offense that's going to rely upon those running backs you need to have more than one and luckily the Packers do luckily they're going to get AJ Jones or uh, Aaron Jones back by the end of the season and I, I like I think you're hitting the nail on the head with just give him four give him a month uh, Dylan, I think will be totally fine. Just carrying the load. That's kind of what he's built for, for those four weeks. And then give me a fresh, uh, Aaron Jones back for the playoffs. Like that is, that's kind of music to my ears. And the other thing about it too, is people, I don't think people understand how talented Patrick Taylor is. He, he's not some, some scrub, some UDFA scrub running back. This is a guy that, uh, was a, a very fun and exciting runner at Memphis uh, we talked – Antonio Gibson was kind of the guy from that Memphis team that people like to talk about. But if people remember Antonio Gibson coming out of that year's draft class, people were wondering, is he a wide receiver or is he a running back? And the reason that Memphis never really figured that out is because they had a, a running back named Patrick Taylor who averaged over five yards a carry for them for his career. His junior year, um, before he got hurt his senior year, his junior year – he ran for 1,122 yards, 5.4 average, 16 touchdowns. Like this guy, yes, it is, you know, Conference USA or whatever, but he is a talented, large running back. And with and that's why I think they just kind of gear the offense towards A.J. Dillon because they don't really have that complimentary piece now that Kylan Hill would have been, that Aaron uh uh, Amari Rogers could be. They basically just have two athletic, big, bruising running backs in that backfield now. So if if they want to want to run a little bit more power, they they're going to be able to do that. You know, in the cold weather in Green Bay. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how they adjust on the fly here. I think Matt Lafleur is typically very good at that, at getting this team ready to play with the guys that are available. Um, and speaking of guys that are available, moving to the defensive side of the ball, you lose merciless who was a, a just a, a fantastic third edge, just a guy 
that you can rely on to go out there and, and play good snaps for you. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Rashawn misses a week or two with this injury just because of how conservative this Packers medical staff usually is. And, I, and I'm fine. And honestly, I'm fine with that because um, it's kind of the same story for him. Get him healthy. Get him ready for the playoff run. Um, protect him from himself because Rashawn is 100% a guy you do need to protect from himself because I, I think he would go out there with one arm if you would let him. So um, talking about replacing those snaps, though, Ross, definitely merciless, potentially, potentially Rashawn Gary. Um, how do you think this Packers team, you know, how, where, where, where are they getting those snaps from if those guys aren't going to be out there? Uh, you know, they just released Ladarius Hamilton, too. Um, you know, I think you got to look on the street again, honestly. Um, you know, as, as fun as the Merciless signing was, and, uh, you know, I have to say I was wrong about that. I, I, I didn't think you showed a lot of juice in Houston, and turns out it might have been just been a motivation issue or our team sucks issue or I hate this issue. I don't know. But, uh, you know, he, he was good. He was good, especially as a third edge. Um you know, I don't even know. I, I feel like I'd have to update myself on who's even available um, as far as on the Packers side of things. Um, you know, with uh, Ladarius Hamilton being released, the only two healthy edges that I even know about are, are Preston Smith and Spider Garvin. And you can certainly win a game with Preston Smith and Spider Garvin. And then, of course, you're going to get the Oren Burks outside linebacker experience, which uh, I guess, you know, people have differing opinions on that. <laughs> I think, you know, but, but it, it's good that at least he's trained in there so that he can provide, uh, you know, something you're going to end up with merciless on the IR. So that's, that's going to open up a, a spot. And, you know, I don't know how much interest there is going to be in Ladarius Hamilton. So, certainly may be able to just bring him right back. I don't think they can bring back Randy Ramsey because I believe he was IR before this. Yeah, he's on the IR, so he's he's done. He's done, done. Yep. And then um, I really liked Chauncey Rivers, but I think he has a long-term injury. I don't think he's a short-term IR guy either. Um, It might be deepest season. Yeah, that's that's looks like that's next man up. Just kind of, I'm looking at the roster too. I know uh, Kingsley Kiki played some played some edge too for them when they got short there, so that's always an option. But um, Pre- Preston had eight pressures in this last game. You know, if he can bring that level of play, I think they could be fine for a stretch. And honestly, I, I like Jonathan Garvin. I think he he is an emerging young player. This is a role that I don't think you want him necessarily to have to be thrust into. But the Packers have been in worse spots at at the edge position than having to play Jonathan Garvin um, in recent memory. So, you know, they're they are one injury away though from a guy like Tipa playing actual reps for this team. I mean, they've just really been decimated at that position this year. And there, uh, so hope there are right. some interesting options on the street. Honestly, at edge, Olivier Vernon's the one that keeps coming to my mind. I believe it was an Achilles injury for him, but he was a legitimately good player. Uh, playing on the that Browns defensive line before that happened to him, and um, you know if he if he's back back from that, that's interesting. Uh, Trent Murphy, I believe, has some uh, experience with Joe Barry 
Uh, Ziggy Ansah's still out there. John Simon's still out there. There, there are bodies that you know if you need a fourteen to sixteen snap edge, you just hope you can kind of squeeze juice out of somebody. Um, and there, there are those kind of juice guys out out there. Uh, Kamal Martin is still out there. <laughs> if you want to well, bring him back edge, and play him at it, he, I know he was cross training this training cap, which that was sure. more of a joke because obviously they didn't like what they saw it either. Um, so yeah, it's it's thin. It is thin though. So hopefully Rashawn can get back and get healthy. Hopefully, you know the best guy that they could have come back is obviously Sedarius Smith. Let's just let's just get the All Pro back suited up and playing. So that would be helpful as well. And I think. For those guys, you're probably hoping after the buy, some of those guys, you know, Jair, Z, um, that's probably when you can start realistically talking about are they ready to go. Um, but we'll see. We'll see on that. But, Ross, just looking at the game, you know, kind of your initial thoughts um, after watching some of the All-22. Let's start with the the offensive side of the ball. Um, looked a little bit clunky at times. Um you know, you think that's due to 12 being rusty? You think that's due to this interior offensive line just not being great? Um, what would you attribute that kind of clunky type feel to this game to? Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Recently, I was just able to pick up tickets to Packers Vikings in Minnesota, going to be heading west for that game. Attending my first game in the new Vikings stadium, cannot wait for that. Let me tell you, it was so incredibly easy to use TickPick. No awful service fees. I cannot recommend it enough. And the easiest way to do so is by going to TickPick.com slash Packaday today to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets or any other tickets that you want to purchase. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think, you know, as usual, it's it's not just one thing. It's a bunch of things. And, you know, I think ultimately you, you just kind of uh, – you look on the bright side, I guess, is, is what I would say. And, and what I mean by that is – a lot of this stuff is solvable. A lot of this stuff you can make legitimate excuses for. And I know, you know, nobody likes to hear excuses, but you can kind of walk your way through. Okay. Because what, what's the important thing, Jake? The important thing is, can this get better this season? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, you know, a lot of ways, yeah, there, there, there are ways for it to get better. How, how does the line get better? Well, you get Myers back, move Patrick back to his role as a, backup interior offensive lineman and then you get Bach back and you remove Royce or unfortunately potentially uh you know Runyon just because it seems like they have a lot invested in Royce but Jenkins over Runyon is still an upgrade and and I'm holding out hope that they figure out a way uh, to bench Royce, and 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 I I think that kid's a long term starter. I just it, it might not be this year. Um, ultimately, you can talk yourself through the offensive line getting, frankly, significantly better. Um, you know, you you turn another spot into an all pro spot, whether it's left guard, center, or right guard, and then even as good as Elton has been, you bring in a slightly better player at left tackle in David Bakhtari. I think that's a that's a big deal, and then. Um, you know, that that hopefully feeds itself into the rest of the offense and you get Marquez feeling better and Lazard gets rid of the drops and, you know, Amari Rogers continues to progress and you, you talk yourself into a number of, of, uh, of things on the offense that could and should legitimately happen to move them forward. And that also, frankly, includes Rogers getting really actually back into the swing of things, which... Um, I would argue he just wasn't, you know, I mean, he didn't play well. Uh, he, he missed a number of throws. He made a couple of, of poor decisions. And I think, you know, that kind of goes all down the line. And, and the number one, I think, the number one thing I think I see, because honestly, he did not play that well against Arizona either. They won the game. Um, and a lot of people lauded him for getting that done you know, despite the personnel issues, but he, he is playing like a man who doesn't trust his offensive line right now. And I think getting Myers and Bakhtari back could really change things for them. Yeah. And it's like, how many weeks have we been talking about that too? You know, it's, I had, I had to be reminded <clears throat> this last week that Bakhtiari is, is still 10 months removed from that injury. And I think it's it's tough to start being like, what is something going on? And it's like, no, that's you know that's a ten to twelve month injury. And he's kind of you know us talking about him being back week one was was definitely probably not accurate, <laughs> you know. So 
it, it, the, him get it coming back, I think you're right. That's going to do wonders for this for this offense. And it's like, yeah, we've been talking about it for weeks and weeks. I want him to be back sooner rather than later so they can kind of hit their groove by the time playoffs come around. Um, but moving on to the defensive side of the ball, I, I think uh, – is this a defensive team, Ross? Do no, we owe Joe – do we owe Joe Barry – uh, a, a handwritten apology because my God, this defense the last three weeks, you know the, the stats are that are getting flown around, float around are just wild. Just never in my wildest dreams would I imagine. Hey, you have a murder row of Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, and Russell Wilson. If you would have told me they, they threw one touchdown, that group threw one touchdown against this defense. I mean, people are going to make excuses. Kyler didn't have Hopkins. Mahomes isn't Mahomes. Russell just came back from his finger. I don't care. Like that. I mean, if you if you are suited up in an NFL uniform and to to have the type of you know the magnitude of those three guys and to hold them to one touchdown. I mean, Mahomes and Wilson as an offense, as an offense, running the ball, passing the ball, they averaged. Less than four yards a play. So, Russ, I, I ask you, do you, do I, does 90% of Packers Twitter and Packers fans owe Joe Barry an apology? So far, yeah. I mean, I think you made a couple of good points and that a lot of it can be explained away if you want to. You know, if you are in the mood to kind of, I guess, discredit what has gone on, you can certainly – you know, point out the fact that Kyler was beat up and and ultimately finished that game, but couldn't play for the next two weeks. Um, Mahomes looks completely broken, except for I guess the five burger that he just dropped on the Raiders. Um, you know, and then ultimately, uh, you you can say very obvious things about Russell, and he didn't look right, and, and whatever. It, it, but eventually. You know, you're you're talking about a defense that everybody, including myself, poo-pooed because you know the early schedule. You you go back and you think of the the teams that these guys played and the quarterbacks specifically, and you have a hard time being impressed. Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, the carcass of Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Justin Fields, Taylor Heineke. You you, you think about. These players, and you're not impressed, and you're certainly not impressed necessarily with the Packers did. And then if you can talk your way, you know, through all these quarterbacks and make excuses for them and whatever, but at some point it just becomes a body of work. And right now, that body of work keeps moving up in the, you know, kind of archaic uh, stat categories, the ones that I don't really care about. But the advanced ones, including DVOA, which is my favorite defensive statistic just because it does put who you've played into the equation, that, that that's going to be more and more impressive every week. And I would not imagine that that performance uh, against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks is going to um, – you know, make make those numbers any worse. I, I would guess that they will continue to rise. I don't think this is a defensive football team, but if they can ever find a way once they get Myers and Bakhtari back and get Jones back and get healthy and get cooking, 
if they can be any any shell of 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 what they were offensively last year and play defense like they are right now, uh, they're the best team in the league and they'll win the championship. But whether or not you know, there have been a lot of decent statistical defenses in Packers history uh, that have given up forty points in a playoff game, and and I'm not saying that that's going to happen to this group, and I'm not wishing that into existence either. But um, you know, I I guess as a, as a Packers fan, you're kind of always reserved about uh, defensive excellence. Yeah, and that's I don't remember who I said it to, but someone asked me like, is the Packers defense good? And I just said, yeah, I think it is. But me admitting that makes me nervous that like some type <laughs> of weird weird voodoo is going to happen to this defense, and all of a sudden they're not going to be. And that's just that's just years of uh, being conditioned that way. But yeah, this this defense is is doing a really good job. And I think <clears throat> when you watch this defense too, I think what really stands out to me is how well they're covering. And I think a lot of that can be you know, accredited to Devondre Campbell and what he does in the middle of this defense. Because you look at these outside corners that they have right now, uh, Rasul and Kevin King are two, you know, really, really long guys that struggle a little bit to change direction. But when you're playing that cover two and you can pass these guys off to the middle of the field with confidence, that's helpful to guys like that. You know, even, even Eric Stokes, that was kind of the one knock on him. And I'm not sure if I really buy it anymore, but the one knock was he's not the you know the quickest of uh, directional changers. I don't know, that came out weird, but but that was kind of a knock on him. He didn't change directions well, and he so it's like you kind of have three outside corners that play that way. And so I'm just impressed with the way that Joe Barry puts these guys in situations to succeed with what they're good at. And I think on the back end, you look at Amos and Savage, and and those two guys. I think our buddy Mike Renner said it today. He's like they're the secret sauce. There are what it's kind of making this work for this Packers defense. And I don't disagree. You watch those guys play, and I don't know what it is, but last year was the same story. They kind of started slow, and then they played really, really good football down the stretch. And they're playing really, really good football again down this stretch. Uh, so we'll see. I know the Packers next week are going to be traveling to the U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis to take on rival Vikings, which could – I mean, as crazy as it is to say at this point in the season, a win against Minnesota next week may all but clinch the division for this team. That's how far ahead they are. That I mean, it just would be – I think the Vikings would have to be nearly perfect. They would have to nearly run the table, and the Packers would have to nearly – whatever the opposite of run the table is down the stretch um, for, the, for anyone to overtake them. So uh, a big game. Kind of big game for the Vikings, for sure. Uh, the Packers definitely you know, want to go in and win, but that'll be an interesting one. The Vikings are you know, not very good, but they're still the Vikings, and they seem to always you know, pull their best punches at least once a year against the Packers. So it uh, would be a, a nice win to go up there and get. Uh, but Ross and I will be back in a couple weeks talking about um, whatever happened in L.A. So um, that'll be fun. Looking forward to that. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. And as always, Go Pack Go!
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.